Hello and welcome to Your Money. If you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it is 1-866-1-888-6-ADVICE. Again, 1-888-6-ADVICE. You can certainly email your question as well to yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com. You can also text our studio line at 651-461-9226. Now here is Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Hello, guys. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Peg. Hi, Susie. Hey, Peg, I got to tell you, you were missed the last couple weeks. It's not the same without you. Welcome back. Thank you for covering for me. I appreciated it. It was a, a vacation that got canceled in March of 2020. So I finally went on the vacation in the last 10 days. So thanks for covering for me. No, my, it, I, it's my pleasure, but you're always missed when you're not here. So today we were going to talk about looking ahead to 2022. But before we do that, I kind of want to put the bow on 2021, you know, and you guys can chime in on this too if you feel strongly, but but part of why we do what we do, um, it's not just about accumulating money, it's about quality of life, it's about enjoying your life, and, and a big part of that is enjoying family and other loved ones, and the last 22 months or so with, with COVID, a lot of our lives have been thrown into turmoil, maybe last year in the holiday season, we couldn't get together with our loved ones. And this, this period of time, kind of from Thanksgiving through the new year, has really become more important to me as I've gotten older. And, and I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about this. It, it's a, it's a, as a parent, all the parents out there, when your children are younger, you're, you're a mentor, you're an educator, you're, you love them, you're, but you're a disciplinarian. And then they become adults, and it's like you're more on equal footing and you're more like friends. And I always tell people, I love my children unconditionally because they're my children, but I like them because of the people they are as adults. And I'm so proud of them and the people that they turned out to be. So I'm really excited because today I, I get to spend time with my kids, which I didn't get to do last year, and their significant others who I also l- like, love very much. And it's just I'm really looking forward to the day. But this whole time of year, Again, this holiday season that, that ends every year has just been, you know, kind of different in a lot of ways because of COVID. And, again, I want to just wish all of our listeners, thank you. We appreciate you. We don't have a show without you. Thanks for listening. And I hope everyone had a great Christmas, and I hope everyone has a great New Year coming up and a, and a great 2022. And hopefully we get past this COVID thing in 2022 because it has been a huge pain in the butt. <laughs> Bruce, can I, I say but on, have, Can I say I butt could, on radio? <laughs> uh, yeah, I could not have said that better than you just said. This, this uh, family is just, we just got back together as a family of six brothers and sisters, and we had our Christmas holiday a week ago today, actually. And to to be in the same room with uh, all those people, you're right. I don't know, Bruce, if it's because we are getting a little bit older and we're getting more nostalgic and we think about all the memories and we feel like time is going faster uh, than it, it has when we were younger. 
And so thanks for doing that. It's a great segue into today's topic as we kind of reflect back on 2021, but look ahead to 2022. And as you know, Bruce, we've known each other a long time. I am a planner and I am already looking at 2022. Well, I I was on vacation, right? So I was able to make my list and what do I want to accomplish in 2022? But there's so many things um, in our lives that we actually can't control. And boy, have we learned that in the last 22 months. And so I think it's easier probably, Bruce, this year for people to look forward than kind of do more reminiscing because they want to get things back in their control. And I think we do a good job of just kind of reminding people of creating some kind of discipline and sticking to a financial plan and, and you know, uh, trying to feel confident that even if you get things thrown at you that throw you totally off track, that you have a method to actually get back. So uh, what we want to do is we thought we would change up the format, and I actually think this is a great idea. Uh, what we're going to do in 2022 is we're going to do four times a year. We're going to offer a quarterly planning calendar for people to follow. The monthly milestones, like the next three months, January, February, March, there's some milestones that we can give you some added structure uh, that relates to your financial plan. And I actually really like this idea because my goal setting does actually take uh, the goals and then every quarter you have to assess, you know, how are you doing? Why is this still important to you? Do you still want it on your list, et cetera? Yeah, I, I really pick, I really like this idea also, and I wish I could say it was mine, but it wasn't, but I sure like it. And I like what you said, too, about um, not worrying about things we can't control. And even though we talk about that all the time, I still get clients very often that they are worrying about things that they can't control, and I have to kind of bring them back. You know, here's a good example. Clients are always worried about the stock market, especially when we have volatility, which we had in 2021, although the year is going to end nicely up, but there was a lot of volatility during the year. The last couple of weeks have been extremely volatile. And when that happens, there's always a certain number of clients that reach out to me, or it might just be a client that's already on my calendar for their regular review meeting, but they want to ask me about the market. It can't keep going up. We have COVID. We have racial unrest. We have political malfunction. We, how, how can the market keep going up? It's, got, it's going to go down, isn't it? And I'm like, nobody, nobody knows what the market's going to do in the short term, and we can't control that anyway, but there are a lot of things in the financial planning process that we can control. So if we get curveballs at us, like a retraction in the market, or somebody gets sick, or somebody loses a job, or somebody tragically dies, those are all curveballs. Those are all life-changing events. But I always tell my clients, to be successful with your financial plan is actually easy if everything goes well, but a good financial plan will also work if if life throws you curveballs and it will help you hit those curveballs. So I love this idea of kind of breaking the year down month by month, or, and today we'll do the first quarter of 2022. It's a cool idea. 
Yeah, and and let's just start with January. And everybody listening today, I've kind of already given a little clue in that <clears throat> I don't know how you cannot, but this is Peg Webb, right? I don't know how you cannot uh, think about the year and what, you know, reflect back a little bit, but I'm all about moving forward. And so, you know, the first day of January um, is is the day that, and I think it's nice that it's a holiday too, because it just gives you some time, but to identify what your personal and financial goals are. Now, when we think about the word goal, and Bruce, before you say this, remember I always call them SMART, like S-M-A-R-T. And the reason for that is because in all of our experience, both personally and professionally, if you don't have goals that are specific, that are measurable, that are actually attainable, that are relevant to yourself, and that you put a time on them, then you're not going to, you're not going to make progress and you're not going to accomplish those. So some of the ideas uh, that people have at the beginning of the year is obviously we just ate a ton of cookies and so did I. <laughs> and we, we um, you know, I felt like I was going to make up for last year not having mm. these cookies, but you know, to get more exercise and to eat better um, a lot of our clients and, and their family, when they come in for their reviews in the beginning of next year, or they do videos, which we still do a lot of video reviews, um, they say, you know what, I'd like to save more. I'd like to give more to my family. I'd like to. These are all things that are actually goals. Um, and then on the fun side of life, you know, oh, I think I'm going to pick up that hobby of golf. You know, I think people make it sound like it's fun and it looks fun and I can get outdoors or maybe, you know, uh, you know, somebody that can play the piano and you go, wow, I would love to play the piano. And so there's just things that I think can fulfill your 2022. uh, But you got to start thinking of them now, Bruce. Yeah, you, you are probably better at this than anybody that I know. Um, I'm pretty good at it. I set goals and I write them down and I always coach people that, you know, it's important to write them down and review them. And, but I like what you said. Um, I love your smart um, uh, uh, strategy. In fact, I think you should repeat that for everybody, that acronym, what, what each uh, letter of the smart means. But I, I find, Peg, that a lot of people either don't set goals at all, which I'm like you, I don't understand that, but I, it's true. And then a lot of people that do set goals, they are not specific. They say, well, I want to lose weight, or I want to, I want to, I want to do better in my financial situation. Well, that's, what does that mean? I mean, define that, quantify that. So I like what you said about being specific, and, but, uh, and, and, and I really think People need to set goals. We, we can call it New Year's resolutions if people want to, but we know as a country how many people make these resolutions. Usually they have to do with health, but it could be, like you said, learning a new instrument or picking up a new skill. They, they make the New Year's resolution, and by February they've given up, and they're not going to the health club anymore. And, and why does this happen? And I think a lot of it has to do with not setting goals, not being specific and precise, and not, not – uh, you know, not keeping track, not having a plan on how you're going to do it. So what, what were the, the, the things that make up that, that smart uh, 
thing again? Specific yeah, so, and... Yeah, specific is one of them. And, and you just mentioned uh, something there. And then measurable. So there you kind of hit, hit it on the head too there, meaning, you know, maybe you should, if you're going to exercise, maybe you've got to quantify, like, is that walking 20 minutes a day or what are you going to do? And then it has to be attainable. So if you're going to exercise... Uh, you, you maybe are not going to run a 25-mile marathon in March, right? So that's probably not attainable if you haven't been preparing for that for a longer time. And then relevant, it really and truly has to be something you want to do. And I can't stress that more. My personality is if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. And even if people want to encourage me all around and cheer for me, nope, it's not going to happen because it wasn't my (laughs) idea. It wasn't relevant to my life. And then time bound is you got to set some specific time frames. So one of mine, and I'll tell the audience, uh, the listeners, is this year is reaching out to family and friends. Bruce, you hit it on the head when we started the show. This is the time that I'm like, Oh my, I haven't seen this person. I haven't talked to this person. And so reaching out to family and friends, well, then what I did was I went through the calendar and said, what are important dates to them? And, you know, circled that on my calendar so that I'm fully prepared to, uh, to uh, succeed at this kind of new goal that I want. Cause I need these baby step things that I do now to make sure that in March, I don't forget that it's my sister's birthday, you know, or, you know, it was when their first child was born, all these things. So that is what the SMART, um, a little bit more information about why SMART, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And then I think the other thing that I would add to that, and that's so good, and again, you're so good at this. The other thing I would add, and you and I have talked about this also, um, we both either are, are currently using or have used a personal trainer. Now, I can work out on my own, and I do, but I definitely get a better workout when I go to a trainer, when I go to a professional. And I think there's a lot of reasons why that's true, Peg and Susie and listeners. But I think one of the reasons is they hold me accountable. And I have that time on the calendar. I have that appointment with them. I can't go, oh, I don't feel like it today. Or I mean, I can do that, but they're going to charge me anyway if I set that appointment. So in the world of personal finance, do you hold yourself accountable? If you set a goal and it's up to you, do you do it? Or did some months you go, I'm not going to do it this month because I want to go buy this thing or that thing or spend money on this. And so I think one of the reasons that people that use a financial advisor do better than those that don't is the financial advisor can help hold them accountable to save them from themselves. Right. And I think a, a big part of that, too, is is being organized. You have to be organized to even start with this goal process. But one of the things that we suggest is come January now, um, we have to already think about filing our 2021 taxes. That year is over. And now by April 15th, the government's going to want us to file. So all these things are going to start coming in the mail. So maybe right now on January 1st, um, you make a folder or you uh, scan the documents that come in the mail uh, for your W-2 and your 1099s and all your financial statements that your uh, CPA wants. Get a, get a jump on it. 
instead of just putting them in a pile and then just handing them over to the CPA, it's um, it's better if you can organize and make sure that you would know are the, are all those statements there versus having a, to follow back and forth um, up with your CPA. So when it comes to finances, Bruce, I think we have kind of two uh, ways of looking at 2022. One is, you know, the goal uh, idea which to me is very important. And then it's your finances. You know, do you have somebody like a financial planner advisor that's keeping you accountable? Or do you really feel that you can do it all yourself and be honest with yourself? Bruce? Yeah. And again, I think that is a hard thing to do. Just again, I always equate it to fitness. I can work out and I do, but if I, if I don't have that personal trainer, I know there's days where I'm gonna where I plan to work out. In fact, it just it just happened yesterday. I was gonna go down and ride the elliptical, and I alibied, made excuses, and, and I got and I talked myself out of it. So it's easy to say we're gonna hold ourselves accountable. It's harder to do it. So January is mostly about setting goals, using the smart, uh, 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 you know, um, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant time bound, bound, make yourself accountable. Let's segue into February. What happens in the month of February? Well, February, Cupid shows up, Cupid on (laughs) Valentine's Day. And um, so that particular day, although some people say, oh, that's just a a day to, you know, for the um, economy where everybody is kind of mentally forced to go get a card or a gift or something like that. But we see it as just a day, you know, as a reminder again to um, protect your loved ones. So when it comes to estate planning, I can't tell you, Bruce, people, it's like the last thing on their list to say, I've got all my things in order. God forbid something happened to me. And I would say with this uh, pandemic, it's it's kind of uh, gotten people to make estate planning, you know, your wills and trusts and things higher up on the to-do list. Because they are seeing loved ones get sick and and some people pass away. So we're constantly reminding clients that who do you have listed as your beneficiaries? Are they the people that you truly want to get these assets? Because that will supersede your will. And it's important. And then especially on life insurance policies, I think people forget about those. Like they bought them so long ago but they don't even remember who they listed as the beneficiary. So February is about Valentine's Day and protecting your loved ones. And so we uh, make it on our review checklist to make sure that clients uh, have have the loved ones that they really want to get their assets if, God forbid, something happened to them. Yeah, Peg, I'm glad you brought that up because, um, again, what I see is that a lot of people either, well, first of all, let me just go back to this idea of estate planning. I think the reason a lot of people put it off is they think estate planning, that's for wealthy people. I'm not wealthy. I don't need to do it. But the other name for estate planning is just legacy planning. All it means is when you leave this world, assuming there's something left, where do you want it to go and how do you get it there efficiently and effectively? And step one of that is naming beneficiaries on accounts. And Peg, I still can't tell you how often somebody comes in and they either don't have beneficiaries on accounts and they thought they did, or they do have a beneficiary, but it's not who they thought it was, 
and it's not who they want it to be because they went through a lot of life changes, divorce here, death there, whatever. They didn't remember what they did. So February is a great time to make sure you've got all your beneficiaries the way you want them. And then the second part of legacy planning is legal document. Do you have a will? Is it up to date? And you still need a will, even if you have beneficiaries on your investments, because there's a lot of things that you have in your life that you can't name a beneficiary on. So um, let's do this. I know, Susie, that we're coming up to time to break. We'll finish our discussion about the first quarter of 2022. We'll get, get into March. But then the second half of the show, we'll let listeners try to drive most of it if they want to text or call. Very good. So if a person is listening and they want to get involved in the conversation right now, you can call 651-461-9226. Now that number, you can call and get on the air with Bruce and Peg at 651-461-9226. That is also the number to call if you would like to text a question to either Peg or Bruce. It is your money. 651-461-9226. Welcome back to the second half of Your Money. If you have a financial question for Peg or Bruce, you can call this number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It is 1-888-6-ADVICE. You can certainly email your question as well to yourmoneyatwealthenhancement.com. Right now, though, you can call or text our studio line. That number is 651-461-9226. Now, once again, Senior Vice President and Financial Advisor Peg Webb and Founder of Wealth Enhancement Group and Financial Advisor Bruce Helmer. Welcome back. We had a call during the break, both of you asking a question about capital gains. Explain what they are and why they are important to pay attention to, either one of you. Peg, you want to answer that, and then we'll, uh, we'll, re- we'll recap what we did in the first half of the show and finish what we didn't cover um, about looking ahead on a quarterly basis in 2022. Sure. I'd be happy to, Bruce. Uh, capital gains actually are, is an important part of the tax code, in that if you purchase something, some kind of an asset, some kind of an investment at a particular cost or price, and then it increases over time, and then you sell it, you actually are going to owe the IRS um, some taxes. And they call that capital gain. So let's take an example of buying any stock at a dollar, and it, all of a sudden it's worth $10, and you decide, I'm going to take my profit. Well, that $9 spread is actually subject to capital gains. And the IRS has um, already told us how much we're going to pay based on how much income we've earned on our income tax in totality. What I mean by that is you could pay 15% capital gains tax, or you could pay 20% depending on where your income falls for that particular year. That's on the federal return. But then on your individual state return, you might owe taxes as well um, on that asset. So uh, things like um, things like stock or if you're a coin collector and you decide to sell some of those at a profit, if you have a rental um, property, you may have some capital gains on that. 
uh, even if you purchase, you know, exquisite art or some, your, any kind of a collectible has capital gains. And so why is it, why is it important? I don't think it's important for us or, or do, or as an individual, I don't even like capital gains, meaning I don't really want to pay the IRS if I bought something and I, you know, sold it and I got a profit. I'd rather not share my profit, you know, with the IRS. But it is part of the tax code. And um, one of the things that I'd add at the end, too, under the current uh, estate planning um, tax code is that if you happen to die with that asset, you know, you bought it for a dollar, that stock, and now it's worth $10.00. Uh, your beneficiary would actually step up to that $10 and there would be no tax that's actually paid to the IRS um, if it went by way of beneficiary uh, under the step-up current law. Bruce? Yeah, I just want to, that was, it's, again, it's amazing sometimes to me how much we think alike, but I guess that's that's normal because we have the right answers, I guess. But you went, you went to the step-up in basis where when I, I didn't know you were going to go there, uh, that's what was in my brain, then you did. Um, but I guess the only thing I would add, Peg, we, we always talk about diversification. And, I, and we did this last week, um, but we had some technical issues with the show, and I'm, I'm not sure what went out and what didn't. But we, we talk about diversification from the standpoint of asset allocation, and people understand that. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. But we also talk about tax diversification, and we want our clients to have some money in taxable investments, some in tax-deferred, some in tax-advantaged, where maybe you avoid taxes altogether. And I think it's, it's human nature that nobody wants to pay taxes now, so people always look for tax shelters, either traditional IRA or traditional 401k, where they can defer or delay the tax until some point in the future. But, and, and nobody wants to pay taxes immediately. Well, so the disadvantage is if you have a fully uh, taxable investment that's not sheltered in some sort of a, an IRA, yes, you get a 1099 every year and you pay the taxes every year, and it seems bad, but that, that type of investment from a tax standpoint, also has advantages, one of which you explained very well. The capital gains rates for most people are going to be lower than ordinary income tax rates. Somebody whose income puts them in a 35% federal tax bracket for ordinary income might be in a 15% capital gains bracket. That's 20% less. You can't get capital gains treatment on withdrawals from traditional IRAs. You're always going to pay the ordinary tax rate. And the other thing that you mentioned, Peg, taxable investments may allow the next generation or the beneficiary to step up the basis and not have to pay all those taxes on all those embedded gains. You can't do that in IRA either. So we want people to have a little bit in all three areas, and I think people always want to avoid taxable investments but it's to their detriment. Like we always say, our tax planning is not just to pay the lowest amount of tax this year. You may pay a little more this year, but, we, but, but that might save you a lot in the future. Our goal is to have the lowest net tax over a lifetime, not just one year. So let me quickly recap what we did in the first half, uh, Susie and Peg, and, uh, and, then, and then we'll finish up uh, the part we didn't get to, and then we'll let listeners hopefully drive us home. And listeners, when you call the number that, uh, that Susie gave you, 
It can be on any financial topic. We took this one on capital gains. It doesn't have to be only what we're talking about today. So any and all financial questions are fair game. So, Peg, in the first half, we, we talked about, look, we're going to do this probably four times a year quarterly to look ahead to the next quarter. And looking ahead to 2022, the first quarter, we talked about in January setting goals. I love Peg's acronym of SMART. The goals should be specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And then we talked about accountability we talked about in February, that's when Valentine's Day happens. That's a time you tend to think of loved ones. And so we talked about legacy planning and making sure you have your beneficiaries in order, making sure you have the appropriate legal document. If you don't have a will, you pr probably should get a will. Or if you have a will but you haven't looked at it in 20 years, you probably need some sort of an update. But we did not peg. We did not get to March. So let's talk a little bit about March in 2022. Yeah, March is actually daylight savings time. Yay! I just despise how it is dark so many hours of the day right now, so I look forward to this. But that's actually a really good time to think about um, replacing your batteries of your smoke detectors, and I would say more so even than that, your carbon monoxide uh, you know, um, detectors. Uh, we recently in Minnesota... Um, so sad to hear that a family was lost because they didn't have these uh, detectors. So that's super important. But just a reminder, maybe put that on your calendar at this point. And then uh, we talk often, Bruce, about auto and homeowner insurance policies that actually sometimes clients bring up. Peg, I am spending so much money on protecting everything I own. Uh, you know, do you think my pricing of what I'm paying is fair? Well, what I recommend is, and, and we do give out some um, referral names of people that we work with, go get it checked. See if it's still competitive out there. Because what I find is most people are complacent. If they've got their homeowners and their um, auto and everything in place and they've got it pulled out of their checking account, who wants to deal with that again? But what I'm finding is, is when we're sending people to these, um, you know, people to review, they're calling me back and saying, I just saved $200 a month or I just saved $500 a year or something. So I highly recommend that people do that. <clears throat> and then uh, March is also the first day of spring. I love that, too, in the fact that that brings up Spring cleaning. Okay, let's get rid of some of these things. Funny that we wouldn't do that so much like in the winter uh, because we have nothing else to do. But nope, we get all this energy because, you know, the days are getting longer, the sun's out uh, longer, and we just look at our house then and maybe the dust shows more, right? Because the sun is coming in at all sorts of different times of day. But it's all about organization. And organization means just simplify your financial life. Um, our clients love the fact that we simplify their financial life. Bruce, I can't tell you how many compliments we get about, hey, you've got that unified financial inventory. You've actually got this year money matrix where I know where my income's coming from. I know how much risk I'm taking on my investments. You've got, you know, tax planning and and estate planning, we list everything out as far as, uh, you know, who your beneficiaries are or remind you at reviews. 
all of that organization seems to be kind of a springtime thing. And I welcome it because at least people say, okay, I need to look at this and focus on this, uh, you know, with the weather getting better. And um, it's just kind of motivating, Bruce. Yeah, that's a great answer. I don't, I don't have much to add. Um, the only thing I will say on a positive note, I've always, I agree with you that I, I hate these short days. I hate when it's dark at 4.30 and it's dark when you wake up in the morning. But on a positive note, we just passed over the, the uh, whatever, the, the, the shortest day of the year, I think, is the 21st. So the days are officially starting to get longer now. So we're headed back in the right, in the right direction. But, yeah, I, I, I like everything you said about the spring. I think that's a great time to do those things. Again, we equate it to spring cleaning. And I love what you said about auto and homeowners insurance. People uh, often don't know that we will help them with that. Now, it's not something that we provide. It's something that we outsource to resources that we trust. But we've got people in that space that we've had good relationships with, good experience with, that we can give those referrals. And, yeah, I've had – I've lost count of how many times I've had a client tell me, thanks for that referral. It saved me a lot of money. So at least review it. Uh, I, I would say at least review it in March. You may or may not make changes. You may not benefit from making changes, but I would at least take a good look at it. All right, Susie, let's, uh, let's see if we can get some uh, texts or calls or let, let listeners talk about what they want to talk about. All right, it is 651 651- Six five one four six one nine two two six. You can either call or you can text your question to Bruce or Peg. Tim is on the line from Champlin. Hey, Tim. Hey. hey, good morning. Good morning. Got a quick question. My wife is going to possibly inherit some money. We've had our investments through the bank. Wondering if we should be looking for a additional finance manager or continue to stay with the bank seems like my fees at the bank are awful high hey tim uh happy new year merry christmas and you know the thing about inheriting money it's it's always you know a, a, a mixed bag you probably lost a loved one so our condolences for that but congratulations on, on getting some inheritance uh peg you want to go first Sure. Um, One of the things that I would suggest is making sure that you do take a look at what is out there as far as advice and uh, whether to stay with the bank or go with a different company. Some of the things that we um, are proud of of our company, and I don't want to make this an infomercial for us, but is that all the specialists you need are in one place meaning that we have this round table of specialists and the advisors that work together because, yeah, you are getting this inheritance, but would you believe that even ripples to many other parts of your life? And, it, and there's so many disciplines of planning, meaning you've got your tax planning, you've got your estate planning, you've got your investment planning, <clears throat> you've got cash flow planning and retirement planning. You sound actually quite young. So, You've got some time to get your entire financial life in order. And so one of the things I would suggest is go interview uh, some advisory firms. See how they differ and see if they offer all those specialists under one roof. Um, And then when it comes to fees, I actually believe 
that um, you should research that and see what you're paying and see if, if what you're paying for is of value. Are you getting everything you want uh, for that fee? So one of the things that I tell my clients when they leave their review with me is I, I want you to be able to answer three questions when you're out and about talking to your family and friends. Because believe it or not, uh, people talk about money, but they may not talk about the details. But their friends may say, well, who's your financial advisor? And so you might want to get some referrals from people. But those three questions are, um, you know, how much risk are you taking? What uh, return are you getting for taking that risk? And what are you paying your organization, your advisory team, you know, um, for for that uh, service? And then what for that fee are they uh, are they giving other than just managing your money, Bruce? Thanks, Peg. Hey, Tim. Um, so banks have a place. I have a relationship with banks. I encourage my clients to have a relationship with banks. Again, I know there's some cynics in the world that think that folks like Peg and I are financial advisors. We want all of your money. We want you. We want you to give us all of your money, and that's not true. I coach people all the time. You need cash. You need money with no risk of principal, probably at a bank. And I know it doesn't earn much right now, but it also doesn't go backwards. It's 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 money that's you you want liquidity and you want safety and you want a certain amount of that in your world. What we typically call short-term money. So there's absolutely a role for banks. Should they be your financial advisor? Should they be your sole only money manager? I do question that, and and um. I don't know that banks, some of the things that a good financial advisor does, I don't know that banks do all those things. Um, so I, I, I agree with Peg, at least go out and shop around, interview, um, and, tr and try going somewhere else. And, and, and the other thing, you know, Peg, about fees that you mentioned, I, I love that you, you know, what do you get, you know, for your fee? It's so often people come in to, to see us, and the, the relationship they're in right now, they don't even know what their fees are. Your fees should be transparent. If you don't even know, and, and, and Tim didn't say he didn't know. He said he thought they were high. But if you don't know what your fees are, to me, that's a problem. That should be transparent. you got to know what you're paying. And then, like Peg said, what are you getting for that fee? And I thought Tim maybe used the word fiduciary, or maybe I misheard him, or I thought he was going to say fiduciary. When you go out and do this research, I think one of the questions you want to ask is whoever you're talking to, ask them if they're a fiduciary. Are, are they going to look out for your best interest, work for you, or do they have a, 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 maybe an ulterior motive that they work for Wall Street? I think that that's one of the questions I would ask. That matters. So, uh, Tim, go, go do some research. I don't think I would want everything with a bank, to be honest with you. Banks have their place, and, the, and, you, and you want to keep that relationship. Um, banks can lend you money. Banks can pro, you know, provide uh, care for your safe money. But I don't think I would want all of my investments or all my planning done through the bank. That's, that's my opinion. I'd, I'd do some research and, and, uh, and, and maybe find a financial advisor. And Peg and, and Bruce, I have a yeah. question for you uh, from ahead. a texter. How long should you keep your old bills 
your blank check books, if you have those, like what is this? Is there a year, like five years, seven years? I know one of the tips you mentioned, I don't know if I heard you say it out loud, but to get a, a shredder, you know, to get to clean out some of the documents that might be piling up. Okay. How long do you hold, hold stuff? Well, I'm I'm kind of a pack rat, and um, I do follow this seven-year rule with tax returns. So now when you're talking about, you know, um, check slips and registers and that kind of thing, <clears throat> I don't keep those kinds of things. I keep what I believe that the IRS could come back and ask me to, um, you know, provide some proof. Now, it's understood that they audit back three years, but let, let me um, just give you a quick example. If you contributed to a Roth IRA, and by the way, you weren't eligible because your income was too high, and the IRS found out about that seven years or 10 years later, they can actually go back unlimited because putting money into a Roth when you didn't qualify is actually considered fraud. So there's reasons to keep things longer, but I like what I said in the beginning of the show, if it's possible to scan and make files and things and not have paper laying around, uh, that's probably best because of, you know, personal um, identity, identity information. You really don't want that sitting around, Bruce. I've got nothing good to add. That was a good answer. I do the same thing. Taxes I have at least seven years. Statements on investments and stuff about three years. And what I do is, as I put in the new one, on the back end I take out and shred the old one. So I'm always adding and taking one out. And So I've got a pretty good system that way. But the other thing I tell clients is, um, if you don't have that, we'll have it anyway. We'll have your statements or your accountant should have all your tax information. If you end up losing something or not saving something, uh, probably not the end of the world. And Susie, I know we're almost out of time. I want to wish everyone Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Yes, and don't forget, if you didn't get your question answered, you can call anytime at one eight 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 six 6 advice or you can email yourmoney at wealthenhancement.com.